Friends, welcome back to the What If Project. Are you ready? <laughs> are you ready for episode 286? I don't know if you are, uh, because today we're talking to the one and the only Rob Bell. I can't even believe that it took 286 episodes to make this one happen, but here we are. Uh, Rob, I tell him a story early on in the episode. Rob has made such a huge impact on my spiritual journey. Now, a lot of people say that about Rob Bell, and it's 100% true. But I am telling you that there is a specific moment with a specific thing that he created that unlocked something in me that has never been locked up again. And I tell him the story early on in the, in the episodes. I'm not going to tell you now. It's actually a much longer story, and I only told him parts of it because of time. Uh, so I might even tell the whole story another time. But I'm telling you, this guy's work has made such a huge impact on me, and it continues to make an impact on me. Um, a lot of you have seen me on social media doing a lot of painting recently. Uh, I, I was always into art when I was a kid. Like I went everywhere with a sketch pad, colored pencils markers, crayons, paints, the whole nine yards. I loved all that stuff. Uh, at one point in my life, I actually wanted to do some kind of artwork for like Disney or something like that. But there was a series of things and specific things that happened in my life um, that for various reasons, I decided to put all those things away. And so I got rid of my sketch pads I didn't draw for the longest time. I mean, I drew a little bit here and there, but nothing like, didn't really invest any time in it. And that was back in like high school, college, 18, 19 years old. And so here I am at 42, and uh, I'm breaking out all of these different things. Uh, Rob, if you've been following him, he does this thing on his website called the Rob Bell Art Show. He's taking various pieces of wood and stuff around his community getting out some paints and making all of this stuff and then putting it on his website. And he's having like so much fun with it. And so even that, like I watched him and, and that just, again, unlocked something in me. Back for Christmas, my wife and my daughter got me a sketch pad and some markers and some colored pencils uh, to help kind of awaken that inner child inside of me that I, I closed up all those years ago. And there were so many times I took out the stuff and I, you know, started to draw. But for various reasons, it was like, you know, very triggering for me. So I like I put it away. But again, in watching Rob and talking to him uh, just a couple weeks ago, we talk about his art a little bit in the episode, and then also before we hit record. And I was like, yeah, you know, it's he's he's listening to that inner voice. He's creating stuff that makes him happy. And I remember that feeling, you know. And so I started doing it. Jordan's been really interested in painting and art and stuff. So we've been doing stuff together. And again, like that inner authentic self, inner child, it's just been coming alive in various ways. And so there's so many aspects of my journey that when I look back, uh, it's something that Rob Bell has done, said, created that has helped me in so many ways. And so it was so great to get to talk to him. And just to be able to say thank you and to see the expression on his face, it was just it was just awesome. And so anyway, we have a really great conversation. Uh, he has a brand new book out called Where'd You Park Your Spaceship? Uh, it's a story about love and loss and grief and all these different things. Uh, it's a fiction book. Uh, but we, we talk a lot about grief in the episode because Rob's dad passed away uh, last June. And my dad passed away in March. And so that's one of the big reasons I wanted to get him on the show is because I, I said to him, I would like to talk to you about our dads and about grief. Like there is no grief like losing a parent. It's different from every other form of grief. And I said, I, I feel like we have a shared journey <laughs> to, into tw tw 2023 uh, where, where we can, uh, you know, talk about what this has been like. And so it was really great to hear some of his story, uh, pick his brain a little bit about what, you know, grief has looked like for him, and just talk a little bit about our dads. 
then we talk about the book and the story and all the different things, and it was just so much fun. Episode, the hour blew by. I felt like it was five minutes, but it felt like, you know, talking to a friend who I've known for years. And I said to him, I feel like I've known you for years because of your books, you know, and I've read them, some of them multiple times. And uh, yeah, it was just a blast. But this episode is releasing um, March 4th. And that's a significant day for me because March 4th, uh, a year ago, is the night that my dad was rushed to the hospital. Uh, late at night, and he would pass away the next early the next morning on March fifth, and so yeah, it's uh, a lot of feelings, but I felt like I wanted this episode to drop today to kind of mark that that moment for multiple reasons. We're talking about our dad. We're talking about grief, uh, but my dad was always rooting for me in the podcast. And he was always rooting for me to talk to Rob, to Rob Bell because uh, he knew how much Rob's work had impacted me. And I told him so many times about, you know, we would talk about Love Wins, Rob's book Love Wins, and some of the ideas from there. And my dad loved it. And he was like, you got to get him on your podcast. I'm like, I know. And so I said to Rob, I feel like, you know, we're having this conversation. I feel like our dads are here on the other side of the veil like high-fiving, <laughs> you know, like, look at our kids, look at, look what they're cooking up, having a good time, and so, uh, yeah, today, an important day, uh, a sad day, a heavy day, but, uh, a day nonetheless, so, my friends, uh, episode 286, I'm gonna put all the links to all of Rob's stuff in the show notes, links to my books, Rethinking Everything, Emerging from the Rubble, link to Patreon if you want to support the show, uh, you can do that there. Uh, but that said, that's it. Seven-minute intro, way long enough. Enjoy this. Episode 286 with Rob Bell. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Today we are joined by a very special guest, someone whose name I mention a lot on the show because he made a huge impact on me and my journey, the one and the only Rob Bell. Welcome to the podcast, my friend. <laughs> it's my pleasure to be here. Thank you. So first thing is first, I want to say thank you. And I'm sure you get a lot of thank yous from people. But uh, to give some context for my thank you, do you mind if I share with you a story but I will try to keep short and you can obviously respond if you so desire. Yeah, let's go. Awesome. So it was spring, uh, maybe summer, like 2011. And I had just completed my 28th lap to borrow some language from your your latest book. And I, I just left my job um, that I had for three years as the senior pastor of an old Dutch reformed church. So there's reformed church, there's Dutch reform, then there's old Dutch reform. And I was in the old Dutch Reformed Church, but there's lots of different reasons why I left um, that that job, and we could do a whole series of episodes on that season of my life alone, <laughs> but a big one is that I was getting a lot of pressure to uh, preach about things that I didn't really think I believed anymore, stuff that like at one time made a lot of sense in seminary. Uh, when I was reading books, I was writing papers, I was, you know, theology student, all these different things, but no longer really made sense when I was out in the real world. And the denomination was big on Calvinism and predestination and hell and LGBTQ exclusion and all these different things. And I had managed for a while to like skate around these topics. But then I got to the point where like I just couldn't do it anymore. I was getting pressure from the elder board, the deacon board, the denomination, people in the pews wanted to hear different things. And so like three years in and three quarters of the way through the ordination process, I put in my notice 
I left this job that I literally prepared for, for at that time, half of my life. And I got a job at an Apple store that I was planning to have for a year, you know, selling some iPhones and iPads to computers. But I was there for 11 years, which is also <laughs> another story for another what day. You make the plan of it's going to be a year and then 11 years yeah, later right. you blink and you're still here. But this is where you enter the picture. After being at Apple for maybe like three or four months, I was sitting at my desk one night at my apartment, this very desk, but our apartment in New Jersey. And I came across this, this video that you did uh, for your promo for, for Love Wins. And I was sitting at the desk and I was thinking to myself, like, did I literally just blow up my life? Like, what have I done? Like, I, I prepared all this time, all this energy for this job. I got the job. I was doing the thing. And then I left. You know, and we invested all this money, you know, all this different stuff. And I was like, I don't know what I'm what I'm doing. And I came across this video and this video, like, I don't know what it did in me, but it opened up something in me that just has not closed ever since. Because I saw this mm -hmm. guy, Rob Bell, who I looked up to from afar. And I read all of your books, all of your NUMA videos I watched. I was a student of preaching in seminary. So I was always like analyzing your sermons and the way you told stories just fascinated me. And here was this guy who was vocalizing all of these same questions that I had internally, but I was afraid to ask. And it was like this permission slip from like my favorite teacher, like a hall pass saying, go down the hall of questions. You know, your, your questions are, <laughs> are good. And so I got up, I went to the bookstore, I got the book. I was up to like two o'clock in the morning reading it. And like no exaggeration, everything changed for me because I saw like maybe there's a way to think about God and Jesus and hell and the Bible, all of this stuff that is like way different than what my narrow tradition handed me. So I bought Love Wins, Love Wins for Teens, the Love Wins Companion Guide. Like I went all in on all the Love Wins things. And I can honestly say that you just helped expand my universe and set me on this path that has been glorious and painful and all these different things. But a lot of it began with you. I just wanted to say thank you. And I always wanted to tell you that story. <laughs> wow. What an intro. Right. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. Thank you was... for telling me that story. What an extraordinary thing. From old Dutch reform. You talk about it like the mafia. <laughs> it felt like that sometimes. <laughs> the apple like you wanted to witness protection in the Apple store or something. <laughs> right? So crazy. And there was so much pressure, wow. you know, because everybody Very was normal. like, why would you throw away all this stuff? Like you're almost done with ordination. Once you're ordained, you know, you have a 401k and you have health insurance and the denomination, you have all this different stuff. And like, you're going to throw all that away. And what are you going to do? I was like, I don't know. I remember I said to my wife, who was my fiance at the time, like, I can't stand up there for the next 15, 20 years talking about this stuff that I don't even know if I believe anymore. It doesn't I don't think I could look in the mirror. What a story. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> the Loved Ones Companion Guide, by the way, doesn't get as much love as it should. I tell people, all people about that. They should oh. all go get it. All right. All right. So you have a new book out, uh, Where'd You Park Your Spaceship? And from one title guy to another, fantastic title. Uh, but before we dip our toes into that story, I was wondering if we could talk a little bit about our dads and about yeah. grief and see where that takes us. Because your dad, I believe, passed away in June. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. And my dad passed away in March. Mm. And so I feel like you and I are probably have been swimming through, maybe navigating through some of the same sorts of feelings that come along with losing a parent. So I wanted to ask you first. Rob, is, if you wouldn't mind talking about it, what has losing your dad been like, if you could even put words on that experience? But then in particular, like how has that loss maybe shown you how your approach to grief has grown, changed, mm. or like shifted over the last 15, 20 years? Like in what ways does your approach mm. to grief today look different than when you were pastoring yeah. Mars Hill, preaching every Sunday, traveling around? Like doing the pastor thing is have you reflected on that at all i'm so much more in my body mm. i came from an intellectual tradition stuck in its head so you philosophize mm -hmm. a friend of mine the other day talked about mentalizing thoughts opinions uh my one son calls it new york times brain 
Mm. Like you analyze, what do you think? Have you read such and such book? You know, there's a new study out of Stanford and I could just see so many, you can see it happening in the air right now. So many people, it's like a whole new world is being birthed where we're in our bodies. Mm. Think about how many things you said yes to, and then you're at that event, that party, and you're like, wait, this sucks. I don't like being here. <laughs> and then you and and then you get better at when there's an opportunity going, wait, what does it what is actually the lived experience of that? And yeah. how many things we do because we're like, well, this is what you're supposed to do, what good people do, what ob debt, duty, obligation. Mm -hmm. And then you get more and more in tune with this wonderful radar system that's very clear on things. Yeah. It's like, yeah, no. Or it gives you these giant yeses. And, and so that's been happening over the past few years in a very, even like you mentioned before we started recording, like I have all these paintings I've been mm -hmm. doing. I don't have any skill. I don't have any skill or expertise on my shoulder. There's nothing on my shoulder. All I have is the delight of the paint on the wood. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. There's no narrator going, this is good. This is bad. Try to do it a little bit different. All I have is my, like the heart center body going yes or no. Yeah. Um, Cause the yeah. mind is like over in the corner having a smoke. It doesn't right. have any horse in this race. But I, but I, I say that all to say that, my dad my my dad that like it's been what six seven months and mm -hmm. a couple of days ago i was driving down the road with my daughter who's 14 and i was like i really miss my dad today mm -hmm. and feeling that wave letting it pass through me verbalizing it to someone I love and just letting it be what it is. Like this feels exactly like this feels. Yeah. There was no, like I have no, this should take however long it takes. Or if mm -hmm. I don't, I'm much closer to him. Mm -hmm. Interestingly enough, his passing, I've had like a communion with him almost like, some of what when he was still here things he needed me to be things i needed him to be all that's gone it's just a communion of yeah it was like a weird peacemaking mm. when he when he died and i had been here in this my garage here in ojai and i had this tremendous sense of communion with him like I was like saying to him, hey, we're good. It was all good. All mm -hmm. the awkward stuff, all the complicated stuff. It was all good. Mm -hmm. I had this tremendous moment, and I knew he wasn't doing well at that time, but I had this tremendous experience of peace. And I remember looking down, and, and then almost like a fugue state, like all of a sudden, like, wait, that was like an intimacy with my father I've never really had. Mm -hmm. And then I checked my phone, whatever, 10 minutes later, and there was a text from my mom saying, your dad just died. Wow. So I had a, yeah, it's been, it's been, yeah, like you, like it's very, like an altered state. It's very surreal. Did you have this? Like, wait, wait, he's, he's not here. Wait, wait, what? Yeah, it was my life. Yeah, every breath I've taken. It's, it's like super out, like a very altered state feeling is what I've had on numerous occasions. Yeah, it was very disorienting for me because mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the way it happened with us, we he had uh, cancer. And he had a, a surgical procedure, like a, maybe like a few weeks beforehand, and he ended up getting an infection. And so my mom rushed him to the hospital, and I was like 10 o'clock, and I went to sleep early because I was, wasn't feeling well, and I took a couple Benadryl, which knocks me out cold. Uh, and so she had What's called that? Like me a sleep. That's like a sleep medicine or something. It's like, it's for like allergies and like it helps oh, okay. with congestion and that kind of stuff. So it just knocked me out cold. Well, you're out. Yeah. Yeah. And so she had called me like three or four times. I didn't hear the phone. I mean, it was just, I didn't hear it. My wife didn't hear it either. And so then I woke up at like, it was one thirty in the morning and I saw the missed calls and I, and she was calling again. So I was like, hello, hello. 
And she said, we're at the hospital. You got to come like now. And so I was like, oh no. So I Whoa. run out the door. It's like a 30 minute drive. I get there and he just, he wasn't in good shape when I got there. But as soon as I walked through the door, he smiled. My mom said he hadn't smiled like in days. And I held his hand and things just progressed very quickly from there. And I thought to myself, like, this is happening, like, right, mm -hmm. right now, you know, and I got, I'm not, like, I'm not ready. Like, I don't know what, to, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. And, you know, the nurses said, you know, he's got about another like 30 minutes or so. And I'm like, and it's like, the time is going down now. And like, I don't know what to do. And my mom, we, we held hands over him. My mom's like, you know, would you pray for us? And I spent my whole life praying, right? Like I was the master prayer when in the Dutch reformed church, you know, I could stand up there. You were like pro. Yeah. And but I didn't know what to say, you know, like I, like everything just went blank and I'm like, what? Yeah. This yeah. is a, a scary yet holy moment. And I don't even know what to say. And then we were holding his hand and I literally felt the last breath and that was it. And I just oh, wow. was numb, numb. And I didn't know, I was like, what in the world do I even do now? What does mm. my mom do? Where do we go from here? Mm. Whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. But like you said, I feel like there's a different relationship now. Mm -hmm. I still talk to him all the time. Yeah. I have to believe he can hear me. So I'm, I'm always talking to him. I've got his picture right here in front of me. And I had this, yeah. this vision in my head today that both of our dads are kind of hanging out <laughs> saying, there's our boys. <laughs> Look at what they're cooking up. <laughs> yeah, um, I have this picture of my dad when he was actually probably close to the age I am now. Mm. Uh, uh, and he's sitting in the front of a rowboat and he's wearing a red plaid shirt and a hat and he's eating an apple and he's laughing and when i think of my dad that's the image is mm. this image of him from whatever that would have been 1995 ish mm. and uh when he died that somehow that is the image of him that is the enduring image and he became like a happy buddha i love that like an endure like he's sitting in the front of a rowboat eating an apple laughing at something i said <laughs> like <laughs> like like very like iconic yeah. sort of image that is just how he sits in my psyche mm. which of all the images that psyche would take the heart would take a picture of that's the one yeah and what a gift that is right oh my goodness yeah yeah huge yeah huge. yeah i asked you that question about you know the the degree the evolution of grief because when I was driving home uh, from the hospital, um, literally like an hour or so after he passed away, I remember I was I was sitting in a red light and I was thinking to myself that like a life in the church and I don't know if you had this thought at all but this is what struck me these last nine months or so but a life in the church, a life of preparing to be in the pulpit every Sunday through Bible college seminary you know, church plans, countless internships, all these different things. I remember thinking like, I have no idea how to really access these feelings of grief because I'm so mm. used to, and I'm so, I've conditioned myself to stuff those feelings away so I yeah. can elevate everybody else's feelings. Like you said about listening to the body, like I have <laughs> no idea how to listen to my body because like my feelings <laughs> are so insignificant compared to, you know, preaching the word and spreading the kingdom and doing all these different things and all that stuff's about eternity. My feelings are just temporary. And so like, I always told myself, like I'm the pastor, oh, wow. I've got yeah. to have the bigger perspective because God's going to wipe away my tears one day. I just got to press on for now and be strong <laughs> for everybody else. So on the way home, I began thinking about like, that's a really unhealthy way <laughs> to live my, to approach uh, my, yeah. my grief. And so I made this decision like in this season of my life, like I'm just not going to stuff any feelings away. I'm just going to feel it all, no matter the cost. Learn to listen to my body finally. Yeah. Yeah. And take yeah. note of what's going on inside and just sit with those feelings. Like you said, like my daughter's six. And over the summer, there were so many times where she would say to me, like, Daddy, like, are you okay? And I would just have to say to her, like, I really miss my dad today. 
like mm. you said, and, and just to see her take those feelings and what she was able to do with them and how she was able yeah. to speak to me was just an interesting dynamic that developed in our relationship as a result yeah. of me allowing myself to feel my grief and not feel like I had to be strong, you know, for everybody else. Yeah. Apparently what we're doing today is feeling some things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what we're doing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was talking to somebody else too the other day, and I don't know if you thought about this, but I feel like our world doesn't make space for grief, whether it's the church or the workplace or even society in general. Because I got working at Apple, you know, when you lose somebody, you get a you get a, a week of bereavement time. It's like that's your week to kind of take care of things and do what you need to do. And I never really had any significant, huge losses when I was there, but I saw so many people who lost parents. I thought to myself, how do you get yourself together in a week and come back to work? Right. And there, right. were, there were still so many times, like, you know, I would come in having a hard time for whatever was going on in my life. And when you hit that sales floor, you got to put on a smile, you know, because your Let's smile go. sells the Mac, your smile smells, the, you know, sells the phone. And so you got you to gotta stuff it away. And so I realized, like, I really not just with church, but like I've really lived in this world where I've conditioned myself to stuff it all away. And it's and it can seeing, be difficult to access the stuff. So you're seeing so like words like intuition and embodiment mm -hmm. and you're seeing so many people like cooking up new rituals, yep. new rites, new, yep. new practices yep. to listen to everything that's asking for expression that's right mm -hmm. yeah you think about those old words push through like think of how met how much of the conditioning was around yeah however you're feeling fine but like we have stuff to do right like man up exactly like, suck it up and deal with it grind yeah right <laughs> <laughs> and you have just people you see so many people going wait a second that was actually like really, really not healthy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's been helpful for me is, uh, you know, Alexander Shia, obviously he's your, your bud, but yeah, love we, uh, I do social media for him. And so I'm talking to him all the time mm. and, uh, he has been really instrumental in helping me access those feelings by just That's great. telling me like, you've got to just listen listen to what's going on inside. Listen, that inner voice is not going to steer you wrong. Cause I've, Always tried to quiet that voice my whole life, you know, because that's oh, the devil. Yeah. <laughs> the devil. You were literally like the training was to not listen to that. Exactly. Authority figure. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Uh, that's good stuff. So I want to talk to you a little bit about um, your book and where'd you park your spaceship? I didn't know what I was going to think of this book, Rob, I'll be honest with you. I'm not a big fiction guy. And I got the book and it's like 700 pages. And I thought to myself, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make my way through this, but I did. And it is a fantastic, uh, fantastic book uh, for our <laughs> listeners. It is obviously a science fiction book. It, it addresses, <laughs> I, I would, so I would categorize it anyway. <laughs> I haven't read science fiction other than, well, I, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Other than that, so I wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. Well, that's how I, that's how I would categorize it. It's in space. It seems science fiction-y, so that's that's the title I'm going to throw on it. But uh, anyway, go. it addresses a lot of different topics, right? Love, loss, grief, all these different things. And uh, I have a lot of uh, sticky notes that I put on my screen that I have on the book, um, flagging all these different scenarios in the story that I want to ask you about, if you could Let's maybe go. riff off of one or two of them. But first, I, I do have a burning question, is why in the world did you write the book in this way because there's so many ideas in the book that i feel like you could have written about in like a velvet elvis ish kind of way or whatever whatever rob bell way that there is where you could have chapters upon chapters on grief and love and loss all these different things but instead you tell it in this story and i'm wondering was that the plan the whole time did you mull on this story for a while like from one creative mind to another what was going on in the mind of rob bell when you started putting this down on paper in the middle of the night, a guy asked this guy, where'd you park your spaceship? Somewhere between fast asleep and wide awake, I had this experience, like an image of a guy. He's asking this guy that question. And I remember immediately thinking, well, how does he feel about this question? Where'd you park your spaceship? And mm -hmm. he does not like this question. This question unnerves him. He is 
terrified that this guy would ask him this question. Well, what's his name? His name's Heen Grubers. What's the other guy's name? Dill Tud. And I remember making those, just jotting these little bits in a little little notepad in the clothes closet. Like a don't forget the eggs notepad. <laughs> you know, that one of those. And yep. so I had written another novel and some plays. So, and it had always been, that had always been the most enjoyable writing I'd ever done. But mm. this story came in like it came in with such force and joy and propulsion and it uh so there were no points there was no meaning i wasn't trying to say anything it was a story and i get like like supernaturally excited by names <laughs> so right away i was like oh my god all the names are made from scratch and the world building and what people are wearing and then the economics and the architecture, none of that. Like, it's like the, the phone line goes dead. If there's like a, like the old Rob Bell, here's what I'm explaining to you. Here's what it means. Here's mm -hmm. the example. Here's like those other books and that work. Well, you know, explaining energy is a particular kind of energy. Here's what I'm saying. Yeah. Here's I'm saying it a, a different way. Here's yeah. an example. Here's an illustration. Here's a third way to say it. Make sure that we rephrase the first way we say it. And this only worked to just be 100% present. What happens next? Yeah. Who do we meet? Yeah. And in some ways, it was like... And I remember right away when I started typing, I had to give myself permission. Like, is it okay? Like... I just follow this I think this would be the most enjoyable I just I need to give myself I, I want to give myself to this story is it okay and I just think they remember thinking no publisher will want this they'll be like this isn't a Rob Bell book like you said yeah. so right away it was free from any of that stuff I was yeah. like, no one may ever read this it, I was having the most extraordinary vulnerable healing creative ex creation experience of my life knowing this may just be for you this may sit in your computer no one may care um and i i'm telling you it yeah so there was no like this is the meaning of it this is what i want people to get it was just following this door almost like a like a half millisecond delay between writing the scene and experiencing the scene like i was reading my favorite book ever yeah it, it was it, it like yeah it, it sort of turned my whole life inside out it was a very i'm still sort of recovering from the experience it was so yeah delightful. That's, That's one of the things. Yeah, somebody asked me about the book, and I said, "I said there's one thing about this book is you can tell that Rob was having a good time while he was writing it. <laughs> like you were just in your groove with all the names, all the different scenarios, all the different stories." And I made that comment earlier about the many angles of Rob Bell because it's true. Like you, there's so many different times where I've watched your journey from afar, and it seems like a new evolution of Rob. But what I feel like the things I'm watching now, like with this book, with your paintings, is you're doing stuff because it brings you joy. And that joy is infectious. Like it's just, it's contagious. <laughs> and I was having this conversation with somebody the other day about like podcasting and the different things that we're creating in our own journey. And I said, I'm at this point now where like, I feel like I used to create things for everybody else. But now I feel yeah. like I'm at this place where I do this because I love it. If people yep. listen to it, fantastic. If they Bonus. don't, okay, Bonus. whatever. Like this is my journey. I'm having fun with it. It's like a lifeboat. Hop in if you want to ride. And if you don't, yeah. it's all it's all yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. You no, know, but I feel like I've I've observed that in you, and to see somebody like yourself do that so freely in their life is inspiring to so many people. Yeah, there's uh Yeah, there's there's uh this very tender vulnerable sort of permission at least for me that mm -hmm. and the trap 
for me is if you go around the world talking about joy and flow and handing out permission slips, there's like a Rob Bell trap <laughs> and all that. Uh, so part of it was like Rob Belling myself. Mm. And I call it, in many ways, it was like, <laughs> I laugh when I think about it as like becoming a civilian. <laughs> um, like think about, like I distinctly remember 9-11, the Sunday mm -hmm. after 9-11. Everybody's having their experience, but the job mm -hmm. was to stand up there and like interpret the experience. Like look at the larger patterns, give people some sense of hope or comfort or me or whatever it is. Like, yep. like, like you, and that is the, the gift a teacher or a leader or whatever gives is your showing people a larger perspective. You're all, and there's something about this story that I would find myself typing and I would just burst out crying. Uh, or I would be laughing like like the subconscious was just running wild just having <laughs> i was like this is really doing something to me there's something really recentering and liberating and healing about that mm -hmm. i didn't that i was like i'll i guess i'll just un maybe i'll understand it better later there was something about the whole experience that i couldn't understand mm -hmm. and when the job is to go around the world explaining things to people like here's how to understand this to be having an experience <laughs> They're just, just like, I don't know. I don't know what anything means. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know where to go in. <laughs> like really, really, really huge. Huge. Yeah. And even even uh like later in the book, in some ways the action, quote unquote action, really doesn't kick in until Nunye shows up in his bedroom and mm -hmm. is like, Hey, this is a grainy. And he's like, What the wait, what what is wait? <laughs> it's like panic, terror. Who is this woman? Yeah. Um and I and a couple of friends I really respect who are in publishing were like, yeah, that's really where the action starts. So maybe you got to start there. There's like a 300 pages before that that, and I sat with that note for a while, and I distinctly remember this realization: no, this story is a you got to go with this guy from early on. Yeah, and he goes through tremendous loss and tragedy and lapsed decades of like numbness. And I remember, but if, as he begins to feel mm -hmm. you'd been with him for a really long time and you could experience him experiencing, it's like he's narrating his own coming to life. Uh, yeah. I, just, I distinctly remember, remember thinking, well, well, now that would, that would be a pretty pot. That'd be a good story. Yeah. That's what I'm, was doing. That was what it was doing to me. Yeah. And like all you had, like what you were talking about, about what you're, you're doing your podcast into projects because you like all I had was, well, this is what the story is doing to me. That's right. That's right. I just like listening to that so closely. Yeah. I think those early parts of the story for me, like th that's where a lot of my sticky notes are. Cause I loved all that back story of kind of getting on board with what was going on. I think it makes the action point more meaningful because now I've been with this guy on the journey. Right. Now I'm right. ready for the okay. action. Yeah. Mama, man. Wait, what? Huh? Right. Oh, wait, that's a crater, huh? <laughs> right. Now I'm invested. <laughs> so my first, my first sticky note. Oh yeah. Is on page, uh, page 60. And you have to tell me if I'm saying names incorrectly, if I'm not saying it the correct way, but my my air doobie doby sorry my air doby oh mayor doby mayor doby yes yeah mayor which is a ma'am and sir combined yes okay mayor doby <laughs> has of course <laughs> has has their their class doing this uh dream journal where the oh, assignment right, 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 right the assignments to write down things right. that you remember from your sleep and so in the class uh mayor doby talks about dreams and has this 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 line and they say, what appears to be separate objects yeah. uh, in your dream are in fact all made of the same substance. All that separateness is in fact an illusion. All that appears to be separate is in fact one substance. So 
take us into this idea of oneness, interconnectedness, because it's something I'm swirling around in my head to begin with thinking about this kind of stuff and other things I'm reading and pondering. But when I saw it in the book and the way that they brought it out in this story, I was like, yes, ever since I read it. So take us into (laughs) that. (laughs) I mean, well, first off, obviously, what I loved was like these boys are like 11 or something and they're getting this very nuanced instruction about the nature of consciousness. So that to me was funny, like (laughs) that, like how, like, like how great this, that this is happening, like with these, whatever post pubescent boys. But yeah, it was just a like, challenge for me to live and to change my underwear every day. I was just to remember that much less. No, right. That's why it was just so <laughs> enjoyable to just, just, you just, when you're making a world, you just get to make the world right. however you want. You don't have yep. to just, um, <laughs> but yeah, like you think about, this is the great crises of our world is the fundamental lens is separation for many yep. people. There's the separate self. And then is people will say like, I think it, I, I think it might all be connected as opposed to it is all connected. And there happen to be these cells running around going, I'm a Glenn, I'm a Rob. I mean, think <laughs> about the, even you've had all this wonderful, whatever you call it, progress in terms of identity and relates mm-hmm. to gender and sexuality and, and ethnicity. And we have like the celebration of the vast richness and diverseness of even human beings. Mm-hmm. But even in all of that is, the ever so subtle trap of grasping and clinging to I'm a this, you're a this, mm-hmm. that the difference becomes, it it gets too much head of steam and not like we're all cells in a body. Yeah. That ultimately like everything is its very own self. Yeah. And if you start, if your fundamental perspective is the oneness and unity of all things, mm-hmm. well, now you, you actually could have world peace. You, you economically probably could feed and clothe everybody. Yeah. But if, but the, the clinging and grasping to separation and the, and it's real, you're a mm-hmm. Glenn and I'm a Rob. That's real. It's just that all these fascinating hints about how what seems to be most real may in fact have an illusory dimension to it because we're all cells in the same body. Yeah. 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 yeah so yeah. it's fascinating. It's And what's interesting to me is mm-hmm. all the people I meet like you who are like, wait a second, there's a, there's a shift in perspective that's, deeper and wider and more thorough than any of the shifts that people are like, Hey, well, you can make this shift. Yeah. Like, those are all like mini shifts or like yeah. people who are, who were raised by a tribe that taught them the world exists a particular way and works a particular way. And now they're taking that apart and it's all very thrilling, but you're like, Oh yeah, but there's when, when you get to the separation one, yep. <laughs> in some ways that's the, that feels at some low level that, feel like a mother load at some level like now you're so yeah you're i assume you've uh rupert spira there's a number of people that i assume you've probably I've heard the across. name i haven't i haven't yeah, yeah. come across the work but yeah so you'll you can see people uh lots of people discovering people who have been talking about all this for a mm-hmm. long time even you can... think about your own personal like all of the experiences of being glenn or all the experiences mm-hmm. of being rob if you begin with there are all these bits and pieces and fragments mm-hmm. And now I'm wondering whether any of it mattered or is related to anything or means anything. Or if you begin with all of this happened within some sense of glenness. Mm. So no, no matter how disparate or different or strange or antithetical or paradoxical, all the events of Glenn's life happened to feel for Glenn, mm-hmm. they all happen within something known to be Glenn's life. So that they actually form a whole. So if you begin with that, then mm. with then your experience of suffering, loss, tragedy, pain, questions, anger, hurt, rage becomes utterly transformed because, mm-hmm. yeah, this is what's happening in me. Mm-hmm. It all belongs to some whole, some oneness that I know to be me. Yeah. But really, really does 
transform your experience of just like a, a day. Mm. <laughs> Massive. <laughs> and if, it's funny, like once you, once you see that stuff, you can't unsee it. Right. Like I feel like yeah. now I see it everywhere. Cause like even, even going back to like, you know, like in the Bible, you think of Jesus talking about how him and the father are one and I'm in the father, the father's in me, I'm in you, like all that. That's that. I always saw that as like this, you know, piece of theology, this piece of dogma that I had to, you know, it was just part of my theological web that I was building in my head. But now I'm in this place <laughs> where I look at that. I'm like, man, like this, this idea is not new. This idea has always been there. And this I think that this isn't abstract or conceptual. This is yeah. very concrete sort of understanding of the nature of it. Like wired into us, right? Or you think about the image of like a, or now we, with the internet, we have an algorithm. Like all the people outraged that Donald Trump won in 16 and he could win again. Well, how do you know he was running for president? What do you mean? How do I know? Well, how do you know? I saw it in the news. Oh, okay. You clicked articles about him that told the algorithm this is what i click the <laughs> algorithm thank you sent you more <laughs> you were outraged twitter like amalgamated all that outrage yep. and drew more eyeballs to it mm -hmm. so the very thing that people place out there like why is that happening how do you know it's happening well it turns out you've been scrolling and clicking on those things mm -hmm. so the machine is so everybody helped elect that fella, yeah. especially the people who are most outraged. Right. And he knew that it's like a, it's like a, it's a very sinister advanced knowledge of like, this whole thing is one thing. Yeah. So you can see how many people are shaping the world around them, outraged that the world around them is like it is when in fact their outrage continues to keep it coming at them. No wonder they're depressed about the world. They click on all the stuff that makes them depressed about the world. Yeah, your outrage just pours gasoline on that fire that's already raging. It makes yeah, yeah, it rage like, like, hotter. So, so the algorithm actually becomes a, a window into spiritual truth about right. the nature of what we feed. And if you begin with all this is related and connected with everything else, you're totally right. You you get a very different way of moving in the world. Come on, Rob Bell. Isn't that fascinating how it all actually works? Yeah. <laughs> Even though I know nothing. Even right. though I know nothing. We're just speculating. <laughs> and if you're sad, you're sad, and you're depressed, you're depressed. And if you're wondering what the point of it all is, then welcome to the club. So <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> all of that's part of it as well. That's right. <laughs> all and right. that was really the joy of those classroom scenes. Yes. I loved I loved having Heen having all these experiences. He was like he's trying so hard to get it. And he, he knows that those were significant. He doesn't mm -hmm. quite know why yeah. and all, how all of this sort of accumulates in our lives. Uh, yeah, that was all just, just so fun. So yeah, fun. By, like the, by like the third or fourth classroom setting, I was like, okay, so these stories are going to mean something later. <laughs> That's what I was thinking because I'm like, this is happening in this guy's memory and this is going to yeah. mean something down the road. And it does. Yeah. Each time I'm like, oh, there comes that story again. He's just right. He's like looking back and it's also shaping how the story moves forward. So yeah. 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 All right. Sticky note number two. This is my, this is my favorite, uh, one of my favorite moments in the, in the, in the book. It comes on page 208 and uh, Borns, good old Borns oh. is talking to Bobby and Zigame about Philippe and yes. uh, Philippe's hesitancy. <laughs> to start to start a family and born in all of his profound wisdom says uh, a man has to die to all of the could be's all of those options all of those possibilities all of the places that he could go and the things that he could do and he says philippe keeps his options open doesn't he and then he says this he says i do not mean to laugh at philippe's expense but he still thinks the adventure is elsewhere. That line strikes me. He still thinks the adventure is somewhere else. Right. And at one point he asks her, Borns, it's like, has Philippe died yet? Right. And Heen is like sort of moving from this literalism is like, no, I just saw him the other day. And he's like, no. <laughs> it's not what I need. <laughs> so the adventure is somewhere else. Talk to me about that. 
it is wonderful for the continued disillusion of the ego because it's just reporting right there's there's no hype <laughs> or spin but it also has this like it's so it's happened now several times recently it has this really interesting effect of as you're reciting it you're like god a day is quite an interesting affair yeah you know what i mean right <laughs> like a day in the life really kind of is the the most fascinating thing yeah <laughs> so funny i've been asking people what they had for breakfast and it is so interesting how no one sees it coming and people pause and then they start telling you and there's something about the granular the adventure isn't somewhere else nature of it yep people tell you all the weird stuff they have and all the and what they were th like yeah you're yeah you mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. This, is, this is actually where it's at who knew yeah i love it <laughs> you got time for one more sticky note Let's do one more sticky note of all right, one more all right page 119 uh this one kind of goes into kind of backpedaling to grief what we were talking about before mm. um heen is talking to us about grief kind of narrating some thoughts. And he says, uh, not the gravity of physics, but the gravity of grief. He says, there is sadness deep in my bones that will always that was always with me. I'd left my home, my people, uh, my planet, and yet that grief is still with me. In some ways, mm. at that moment, more than ever, something about those trampolines accentuated this sense I had that the ache within me could not be left behind. Uh, the gravity of grief, the ache not being able to be left behind, losing our dads, talk to me. Yeah, it's like he is, he's like, oh, oh, it's almost like he's like, oh, I've, I'm actually grieving. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it, it, uh, it also produced an interesting... lightness hmm. like my lineage like my father isn't my dad died it had like this it had like this galvanizing sort of so let's let's go hmm. uh let's yeah it did it 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 oh it freed me i don't even know from what and i've thought about it a fair bit hmm. i don't know what it freed me from but it hmm. It it did like a a loosening of oh. uh, like I like uh, I don't know like this novel mm -hmm. this story I don't like know if my dad had lived to read it he would have been like wait what what happened almost like he would have been like what happened to you <laughs> like we had to. It, you were go it was going so well. <laughs> what is this? What are you doing? You're painting. What do you what do you paint? Painting in a garage and all that. But it weirdly turned into like the story shifted to him like being like the wingman who's like, All right, let's ride. Yeah. I uh, somehow he became like because I could always make him through it all, I could always make him laugh. Uh -huh. Um and he was a very serious man and I, but I could like, I could wreck him yeah. like just, and in the best way, <laughs> but somehow he be, I, I would picture him like in the front seat, just going, no idea what you're doing, but love it. Mm. And I even, <laughs> I even would get these images of him being like, like picturing him reading this book and being like, wait, what? And picture him going, yeah, subconscious is something isn't it. Like even not how he would even talk. Biting his apple. Like, like him just biting, <laughs> like him just being in on it, like yeah. in on the joke. Like he yeah. was, like death. He was free from everything he needed me or him or this life to be. So he was yeah. just free to just because he actually underneath it all, he just wanted to laugh. Huh. Um, and he was a judge, and he had very serious work, and yet, yeah. uh, he also just just wanted to laugh. So, uh, um, yeah. So. Yeah, there are days. Oh, 
at his funeral, there, my mom had the singing group do like an old school church singing group do three mm -hmm. songs. Mm -hmm. The last song they sang was some old song I'd never heard. It was so astonishingly old school church song beautiful. Yeah. Like I'd never heard the something about the how I'd never heard the song. It was like shockingly beautiful. And I remember sitting in the front row, just having that like WTF. I'm at my dad's funeral. Am I at my, it's almost like, wait, 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 hold up. Stop, stop, stop. Is this my dad's funeral? Am I at my dad's, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's like, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, but I can, it's happened multiple times over the past, uh, what it's been nine months, mm. eight months. I can, I found the song on Spotify. I can play it in my car driving down. I can be driving along the ocean, coming back from surfing. I can play that song yeah. and it like opens up a valve in me. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It's like Pavlovian. I play that song and whatever grief is about anything that's in there just comes like flying out. Yeah. And yeah. that is the strangest gift. You know what I mean? What yeah. an odd yeah. wonderful heartbreaking experience to lose someone you love and have it tune you in to a whole depth of release yeah. and emotion yeah. yeah yeah that yeah that line from from heen about you know grief sticking with us thinking about my yeah. father like i've had so many people say I feel like a lot of people, like when it comes to like death and stuff, don't know what to say. And I, I've always been that way too. Like, you know, you have these catchphrases that you say. And I've had people tell me like, you know, you'll, you'll move on. Like eventually you'll be able to move on, you know, from the grief and it's, you know, it's going to get better. But the more I feel like I'm in the grief, the more I feel like I'm like, no, I really don't think it's going to work that way. Like, you know, instead it feels to me like I'm not going to move on from the grief but I'm going to move on with the grief. And somehow, oh, yeah. right, right, as I keep moving forward, whatever place in me that houses this grief, especially the grief I've stuffed away for so long, it's it's going to get bigger. It's going to get wider so that, you know, it's going to be able to make itself at home, you know, in my in my heart, in my life. And I feel like for me, that's what that line from Heen does to me is that it's I'm carrying it with me. It's sticking with me. It's going to I'm going to befriend it. It's almost going to become a friend on the journey and continue to teach me along the way. Absolutely. I, I do. It's so well said. I do feel close. I genuinely have repeated moments where I feel closer to people. Yeah. And I can directly in their losses. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah I know what they're talking about, yeah. but I, before I, uh, no matter how much I cared or, 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 or was present to them, this this does tune me into a whole nother depth of the human experience. Yeah. I mean, my father died. That's a, like his epic, you know, that's his ancient primal. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're joining a great assembly on that one. Yeah. And it can't, nothing can prepare you for it. It's all, it's all new. I mean, I did, have you seen Succession? No, the, the show where he he's his dad's gonna die and he's he's like yeah I pre grieved mm. and then he like gets to the funeral and he's gonna give a eulogy and the one son just completely loses it and he later he said yeah yeah the pre the pre grieving didn't really didn't do anything there's this whole pre grieving <laughs> running sort of gag but uh, my dad had uh, Alzheimer's so he mm. like even couldn't really communicate very lucidly for the past years before that so I had a whole thing like well it was a relief especially for my mom and what she'd been through and his care and all the complications yeah, of that it was yeah. him him passing that was actually at the end it was like a, actually a great relief and then yeah. I, I was like oh god every time i'd say that that i'd get wrecked i was like oh stop it just stop <laughs> your whole it's a relief thing <laughs> that's just not come on it's what is it 13 percent relief come on right right it's 87 percent sledgehammer man yeah <laughs> you can try to make yourself feel better don't but it's to, not right right don't try to sit you can't like massage this one yeah <laughs> uh yeah so good well, rob we are out of time my friend i'm so uh, glad we I've talked kept you yes thank you for this time thank you for your friendship from afar through your books i can't mm. thank you enough 
Uh, it's, it's great to talk to you. Thank you for letting me talk about where'd you park your spaceship and uh, hearing about your dad. Thank you. Great. This is book one. One is is how many books are we expecting in this in this story? This great space oh, this saga. Is, oh, we're gonna we're, there. Oh, this is this is the intro to the intro to the intro. Of what you yes. read? I'm so excited. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna travel. We're gonna be traveling the galaxy for a while. <laughs> can't wait! I can't wait. All Good. right, man. Well, Thank maybe we you. can do it again sometime. Excellent. Nothing I can do